Hi, and welcome to the Create Joy podcast, where we believe that we have the power to not only find meaning in life, but to create joy every day. Yes, even when life gets tough. In each episode, we will dig into experiences and ideas that will inspire us to take the steps needed to create joy in our own lives and in the lives of others. I am your host, Katrina Gandara. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 15 of the podcast, and it also it is also the season finale, which means I will be taking off Christmas break to be with my family, and season two of the podcast will start on January 13th with more stories, more tips, and more amazing guests. I'm really looking forward to this break because school breaks are my favorite. I really like just recentering and reconnecting and getting past all the, you know, rushing to get to school in the mornings and making breakfast and making lunch and doing all that stuff and just really hanging out and kind of letting our relationship guide the day and the the experience that we're going to have. So I hope that you also have a fabulous time reconnecting with your family over the break. Thank you so much for your support in this first season of the podcast. It really has been an amazing project so far. And if you would like to help with the podcast, I would love it if you would leave a review and or share this podcast uh, with a friend. Whatever episode is your favorite, speaks to you, uh, if you feel like it'll speak to someone else, it would mean a lot. Because the thing is that it's tricky to take a break from a podcast um, because the algorithm does not like that. One of the main things that brings me joy, though, is that dedicated family time. So it's worth it to me. But I would really love your support in keeping the podcast going between seasons. Also, if you have anything that you would love to be on season two of the podcast, anything that you would love to learn more about, if you have a guest that you think would be a great fit, even and especially if that guest is you, please reach out to me. I would love to chat. This community is for you. So definitely let me know. Um, My email is createjoypodcast at gmail, or you can always reach me on Instagram or on the website, createjoypodcast.com. So again, we'll be back with season two on Monday, January 13th, 2020. I am so excited to see you there. So for this last episode of the season, we're obviously coming very close to Christmas. So I wanted to focus today on just that, on Christmas. And I want to talk about how to make the absolute most of it. So in elementary school, probably kindergarten and first grade, I don't think it was any in any of the other classrooms. My teachers had this poster on the wall that said, everything I need to know I learned in kindergarten. And then it was just this list of things. Um, And I think, obviously, I don't remember that far back, but I think it was things like be kind and be friendly and I don't know, count to 10. I don't know what all it had. I could probably look it up. And honestly, as I was reading it, I probably only got about a tenth of the way through it because there were just so many words on it for a little girl. But today I would like to apply that same message and talk about what first grade can teach us about Christmas. So first I want to start out by saying that teachers are absolutely incredible and I am so grateful for all that they have done for my family and teaching my kids not only reading, writing, math, um, etc., but also the really, truly important things of life, like kindness and compassion and hard work, diligence, you know, you know all about it. But both of my kids are actually past first grade now, but today I want to take a little trip down memory memory lane 
I want to share some of these amazing lessons that they learned in school and then they came home and taught them to the family. So it's been a blessing to all of us. So today I have three things that first grade can teach us about Christmas. Um, The first one is edit down to the most important. So some research shows that the average human speaks around 16,000 words per day. And it's a joke in our family that if you are ever feeling at a loss for words, and honestly, this probably extends to outside of the family because it's a lot of words, it's most likely because our son Ashton has used all of his and your allotted words for the day. He uses a lot of words. And as he grows older, most of them are actually really interesting to listen to. Uh, My favorite is when he uses big words that he learns from his many hours of reading and sometimes he pronounces them wrong because he hasn't actually heard them in the real world or he doesn't quite get the context right. I love it so much because he's trying out these new skills that he's learning. But anyway, so when he started learning how to write, he really struggled both with his handwriting because he was just trying to write so fast and he like wasn't quite forming the letters correctly and with his frustration with his limited abilities because he had so many words to say but his brain was moving so much faster than his hand had the ability to write. So as we worked on his writing we soon realized that in order to make this both a positive experience and create an interesting story he would need to go through all these words in his brain all these thoughts and choose the most important ones the ones that would really explain what he was trying to say with the least amount of words. Um, And while all these flowery descriptions and elaborate plots probably would have made a much more exciting story, if he were to include them, then two things would probably happen. One, his handwriting would suffer as he tried to get everything in the story in the allotted time. And if you can't read the story, you can't read the story. And two, he did not have the ability to write these big words that he was thinking. So he would not be able to complete the story, leaving it severed before it could come to a nice tight end. And we didn't want that. So as he got better and better at this skill, um, his writing improved and he was able to tell better stories on paper and he was able to focus on gaining new skills. Most importantly, the frustration was now gone. So this is how this applies to Christmas. As individuals and families, we have certain limitations when it comes to life, but also when it comes to celebrating Christmas. We have limitations in our time, in our resources, our emotional reservoirs, uh, in our patience, our tolerance for clutter, just the busyness and the extra, the extra things that come when it comes to Christmas because there's all kinds of clutter, right? And then there's some ways that our celebrating Christmas may be pushing us to strain these limitations. So there is an over-commercialization of Christmas that is all around us. Um, And it starts long before uh, December even hits us. We have this idea that we need to keep up with everyone else, the keeping up with the Joneses, the fear of missing out on all the holiday celebrations. So we push ourselves to attend things that we really don't have the time or the ability or sometimes the resources to attend. The need to create the perfect home for the holidays. Um, Those homes that we see in magazines and on influencer social media. We are pushing ourselves farther than we should go out of fear of disappointing someone. There's also very real sleep deprivation and of course the overabundance of delicious, yummy, but unhealthy treats. So here is where I want to remind you to put the important things first. 
Choose the best things and don't worry about the rest. It is better to have a beginning, a middle, and an end of your story with a happy ending than it is to have a sloppily put together, falling apart, emotionally drained, barely making it to an end that we thought would be beautiful, elaborate, and over the top. The second thing that first grade can teach us about Christmas is how to discern between a want and a need. Now, I don't know how to tell you how exciting it was for to me uh, when each of my kids in their own individual times came home to explain to me this groundbreaking discovery that they made at school when their teacher taught them about want versus need. Um, and then day after day, they were applying these things to their life. So they would kind of look around their, their house and their rooms and their closets and their bookshelves and realize that many of their desires were actually privileges, not needs. So they started to realize that they were fortunate enough to have all of their needs met and that they even had a great percentage of their wants met as well. So it made them more grateful, more loving, and is honestly one of my favorite things that they have learned so far in their short academic careers. Now, I'm going to make a risky statement here, and it might feel a little bit like a gut punch to you, so I apologize for that in advance. But I cannot think of anything about Christmas that is an actual need. Everything about Christmas is a want. It is a privilege and it is extra. So if we can strip down Christmas in your mind, take away all of the things that we have been conditioned to think are absolutely necessary to a successful Christmas. Take away your decorations. Take away the Christmas tree, the lights, the hot chocolate, the candy canes, the expensive gifts, the long travel, the late nights, multiple Christmas events, fancy dresses, teacher gifts, holiday cards, um, Santa visits, matching PJs, take away everything. Take away all of it, strip it down to nothing, and realize that all of that is extra. All of that is a want. Every single thing about Christmas is a want, not a need. Then we can go back to our blank slate and one by one with a lot of thought and a lot of gratitude and a lot of consideration, Put in the things that we want to be a part of our Christmas celebration. We can look at the Christmas decorations and have a conversation with ourselves about them. Realizing now that they are a privilege and a want and not a need. And if they are a want, do I really want all this garland and silver deer and and flowers and candles all over my house? And if the answer is yes, then do it because that's what makes you happy. But now do it with an extra layer of gratitude that this is something that you really love to do. This was a choice that you deliberately made. You are no longer doing it because it is expected of you. And if you look at all these decorations and realize that, you know what, maybe it kind of stresses me out. Maybe it stresses me out to have a big tree in the middle of the living room. Maybe you don't have to do it. You can probably opt for a smaller tree or maybe not do it at all or just cut down on the things that actually kind of bring stress into the holiday for you. This also goes for time spent with family. So not everyone has a family or has the privilege of spending Christmas with family. So I think we can classify this as a want as well. If you are blessed enough to spend Christmas with family this year, I just want to encourage you to approach it with a little bit of extra gratitude that you get to be with someone that you love. Okay, so you might be saying, wait a minute. I get what you're saying, but 
and I'm going to go extreme here. My mom is coming into town for Christmas and she insists on having a 12 course meal for Christmas. And if I don't deliver it, then I will be hearing about it from her for years. My family will be talking for generations about how I ruined Christmas in 2019 with my humble three course meal. You might also be feeling some pressure trying to make Christmas as magical as your neighbors or friends or your social media friends, feeling that if you follow your gut and meet the wants that you really want, you will be ruining your child's future and setting them up for hours of therapy because if we're being honest, our brains sometimes go down that road. And that is where my third point comes into play. So the third thing that first grade can teach us about Christmas is... The difference between a fact and an opinion. Okay, so I love this one. So my daughter came home last year from school having learned that there is actually a big difference between a fact and an opinion. Um, And just as she did when she learned want versus need, she practiced it all the time. So one night for dinner, I made a new vegetable that I was excited about. And of course, she was hesitant about it because it was a new food. So as I was setting it down on the table, I mentioned, it's delicious. You should try it. And without skipping a beat, she said, well, that's your opinion. And you know what? She was right. I couldn't get mad at her because it actually was my opinion that these vegetables were delicious. She was 100% right that it is not a fact that vegetables are delicious. Of course, I applauded her for applying what she learned at school, and then I reminded her that in our house, we have to take three bites of a new food to allow the taste buds to adjust to it, and then find out if we actually like it or not. And if we don't like it, we don't have to finish it. I don't remember if she liked it or not. She probably didn't. But I do remember that my opinion was just that, my opinion. So when it comes to Christmas, there are a lot of things that we feel pressure to do because of outside forces. We feel pressure to make a bigger meal, make a magical Christmas morning entrance, attend all the parties, buy all new clothes for all the parties, spend our children's college education funds on charity uh, because we're told that all these things are the right thing to do and because it looks like everyone else is doing it as well. So here's the way I choose to think about all of this. So now that we've established that we get to strip down to what is most important and that those most important things are a privilege and something that we want to do, something that we truly choose to do and we are passionate about, we can apply the fact versus opinion to everything else. So when we start to feel that pressure to do things that we did not include in our own want list, we can say, well, that's their opinion and continue on with our original magical plans because it really is just that, an opinion. Because here's the thing. Christmas truly is the most magical time of the year, but it is so hard to feel the magic when we do not feel in control of the situation. If we are not present, truly present with our heart, mind, and soul in this beautiful celebration of love, family, and gratitude, and most importantly, the greatest gift of all time, we are missing out on so much and we can't turn back time. We can undo what has been done, so let's do it right the first time. The Create Joy Challenge for the next few weeks is to do whatever you need to do to have the best holiday season ever and do it your way. I want to wish you the merriest of Christmases filled with joy, laughter, love, and everything you hold dear, and none of the extras. Thank you again for your support and love this season. I look forward to chatting with you again on January 13th, but until then, I'll be checking in occasionally on Instagram, so you can find me at Create Joy Podcast. And again, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Until next time, let's create a little joy today.